0: i <laughs> Whispers in the Darkness, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal group. And whispering some tales for you tonight is myself, Nigel. I'm all on my own, I've got no Juliet to keep an eye on me. So, just exactly what stories am I going to share with you this time round? You may have guessed by now that I enjoy all things paranormal. A reporter of Flying Saucer Sighting, strange creatures in the woods, or spooky apparitions scaring people silly. My fascination with all things spooky goes back a long time. And I get this odd sense of enjoyment when I tell people about my paranormal obsession. Reactions vary considerably from open mouthed amazement, where people react with, wow, do you get scared? Have you seen a ghost? To, I don't believe in ghosts they don't exist at all. One thing I do get on a pretty regular basis is to be told ghost stories, because believe it or not, almost everyone has a tale to share. It might be their own spooky experience or someone they know whose tale they want to tell. You get used to hearing people say, I've seen a ghost or my best friend's mother's brother had this strange experience. If I had taken the time to record every story told to me, I could have had a hit podcast of my own relating them all. Actually, to be honest, that's a bit of a lie because the stories were not all that good. I want to tell you all some tales. I have my own odd experiences to draw on and of course I will be sharing a couple of my ghostly encounters with you all later in this podcast. I needed to add to my collection of ghostly tales for this little podcast not wanting to bore you all with a load of secondhand stories. I wanted instead to share a few first-hand experiences straight from the original witnesses. The question I asked myself is where would I find these stories to tell? I decided to look a little closer to home. So I asked my family if they had spooky tales of their own to tell me. Much to my surprise, they had one or two interesting stories to share. So welcome to Family Ghosts, a series of personal stories related to my family's encounters with the paranormal. Now, where should I begin? I'm going to start with my mum and dad. Both Londoners, born and bred, down to earth, working class people, nothing out of the ordinary, just your average folks. Now in their late 80s, living a quiet life in rural Norfolk. My mum is a tiny white-haired lady in the late 80s, still going strong. We sit in the conservatory of their bungalow looking out across the field next door. Chatting over a cup of coffee and the ever-present biscuit jar, I ask mum if she has any strange tales she could tell me. For an hour or two, I listen as she talks about her younger days. Yes, she does have stories to tell. I could tell you about her much-loved nan, the tea leaf reader and local nurse who was often called on to lay out the dead, or the family she was evacuated to in World War II with their regular Ouija board sessions where they invited their friends to play this game. However, mum had a nice sinister story to tell me, and it goes something like this. Back in the 1970s to help make ends meet, my mum had a job as a home help. In these modern times, you would call her a home care assistant. Mum had a regular clientele of elderly ladies that she visited. She would undertake the household chores they could not manage themselves. On the odd occasion, she made one or visits where required. It just happens to be one of these where our story begins. The house was one of the older properties on the street, a cottage set back from the road. There are obvious signs of neglect, dirty windows and the faded paint on the solid wooden door. Mum reaches out using the tarnished knocker to draw attention to the fact that she is there. And after what seems like forever, she hears the sound of the door unlocking. The door slowly opens to reveal a frail lady leaning on a stick. Introductions were made and the lady ushered my mum inside. The house is dark inside, given a somewhat creepy air. The furnishings are dated, probably not changed for decades. The usual collection of ornaments and photo frames litter any available surface. Mum gets straight to work. She only has a couple of hours to get things done and there's a lot that needs doing here. After an hour or so, mum stops and inquires if the older lady would like a cup of tea. Hearing her say yes, mum puts the kettle on and makes a cup. She then asks if the upstairs needs to clean. The old lady replies asking her to hoover the carpets and give the bathroom a clean. The upstairs rooms are equally as dated as the downstairs counterparts. After cleaning the bathroom, mum works her way along the hallway hoovering as she goes. Reaching the back of the cottage, she finds a small bedroom. Opening the door reveals a room that contains just a bed and a small cabinet. Directly in front of the door is a grubby window and swinging from the ceiling is a bare light bulb. Pushing the hoover in front of her, mum goes into the room and stops dead. Something feels very wrong in here. Feeling the hairs on her arms rising, mum notices that the temperature has dropped considerably. The room is freezing. The atmosphere closes in around her change into one of desperation, tinged with an air of deep sadness. It overwhelms her. She feels hopeless and wants to cry. Mum begins a sense of presence in the room. She can feel eyes watching her. The atmosphere changes again, this time to one of pure hatred, making her feel so uncomfortable. All she wants to do is leave that room. Backing quickly out of the door, she finds herself in the hallway, The strange atmosphere has gone. Mum is now feeling completely unnerved. All she wants to do is leave this awful place. Thankfully, the two hours are up and with the work now completed, Mum can leave. Back outside again, the faded wooden door shuts behind her and she lets out a massive sigh of relief. Thank God, she is out of there. The experience is pushed to the back of her mind and life carries on until a few weeks after the event, mum is visiting one of her regulars, a certain Miss Coochman. After finishing her work, they sit down and have a cup of tea and the conversation somehow got round to mum's visit to the creepy old cottage. She mentions the strange back bedroom and the creepy experience there. It just so happens that Miss Coochman who lives in the same village has heard a few stories about the place. She reliably informs my mum that a young maid took her own life in that very room. Such a sad tale, she said. The poor maid had got into trouble and felt this was her only way out. But that's not the end of it, says Miss Coochman. The room was later rented out to another young lady. This poor woman had such awful things happen to her in that room that the local vicar was called in to perform an exorcism it appears, after the experience my mum had, that maybe the exorcism had not worked. My dad is there with us, sitting on the conservatory sofa with his cup of tea, biscuit in hand. I know he has a tale to tell because I've heard it before. I ask him if it's okay to include his story and he's more than happy to share it with you. Once again, we're back in the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. My dad was an ambulance man. Back then the job was completely different to today's image of the dashing paramedics with their modern kids. My dad never spoke much about the things he had seen whilst he was out on the job. In the days of no airbags or seatbelts for everyone, you can only imagine the horrors he witnessed. Dad had seen many odd things over the years whilst out on the road. One particular episode sticks in his mind though, And this is the story he told me. It's cold, wet, and very dark. Roughly around 3.30 in the morning. My dad and his crewmate Don are working the night shift. They are on the road returning back to the ambulance station. They had been out on a call, but were not required. So they head back towards Maidstone on the A229, thinking about having a cuppa, and maybe grabbing a bit of a snooze. Dad can't recall who spotted her first but there she was at the side of the road a young lady just standing there in the rain Why is she there, alone on such an awful night? They decide to stop to see if they can help in any way Don stops the ambulance close to the young lady and my dad gets out to talk to her He asks her if she is okay And does she need a lift home? She nods, yes. So my dad said he'll open the back door of the ambulance so she can get in out of the rain and warm up a little. He turns and walks the short distance to the back of the ambulance. He could feel the young lady following behind. It only takes a few moments, and once they are there, dad opens the door and turns to help the young lady to get in. Much to dad's surprise, there was no one there. The young lady who was right behind him just seconds earlier has disappeared. My dad yells through to Don. Hey Don, where did she go? Don looks, but he cannot see her either. My dad, somewhat confused and a bit shaken, looks along the road, but there is absolutely no sign of her, nowhere for her to hide and no way she could have run fast enough to be out of sight. She has simply vanished into thin air. They wait a few minutes to see if she comes back, but when there is no sign of her, they continue the journey back to the station, both feeling completely baffled by their strange encounter. Now, there is something I need to tell you all. The A229 from Rochester to Maidstone in Kent has a section called Bluebell Hill. This stretch of road where my dad and Don had their encounter with the Phantom Lady just happens to be one of the most haunted roads in the UK. Stories abound about a mysterious female hitchhiker that disappears out of cars and other figures that appear either in the road or at the roadside. So have my dad and Don got another ghostly tale to add to the list of other strange encounters on Bluebell Hill? Two great tales from my parents but I wanted just a few more and I knew I had to dig a little further to find them. I just happened to have one or two siblings, well three brothers to be precise, one younger and two older. We have a WhatsApp group where we keep in touch, the perfect place to ask them if they had any stories to share too. Guess what? Two of them just happened to have stories I can share with you. Let's start with my little brother. His name is Phil. He's a police officer who has more than a few stories of the weird things he's encountered whilst out on duty, most of which I'm unable to share, unfortunately. Phil did have a rather unusual experience in his younger days though, and it goes a little like this. It happened in the bungalow where mum and dad live I was asleep in my room when something woke me up. As I came to, I could hear these really odd noises. It sounded like they were on the road outside. Really odd and out of place noises. Horses' hooves on the road, and the sound of cartwheels turning. Now wide awake, I began to listen a lot harder. The sounds were a little muffled, so I got up and opened the window wider. As I did this, the noises got louder. Now I could hear many voices talking, the sound of fires crackling mixed in with the horses and wheels I had heard before. For some strange reason it made me think of an ancient village, the mixture of sounds reminiscent of the everyday life of such a village. The noises continued for a good few minutes. Feeling a bit creeped out by all of this, I checked the road in front of the bungalow. There was absolutely nothing there. Phil recalls talking to the farmer who lived opposite our family bungalow. He told him about the odd noises. The farmer then proceeds to tell him that a Saxon burial ground was found in the field next door to our bungalow. So was Phil, caught in a time slip, hearing the sounds of the Saxon villagers who buried their dead in that very same burial ground. It's all very strange. From the youngest brother to the oldest. My next tale involves David, my older brother, a former manager with NatWest Bank, now enjoying a well-earned retirement. He lives down in Kent, so he had a chat over the phone, and he has more than a few tales to tell. It appears after talking to him that David may be a lot more psychically tuned than I had realized. With so many stories to tell, I had to pick up one in particular, and I've gone with this one. Once again, we go back in time to the early 1980s, when DJ Dave ran a mobile disco. He was called on a few occasions to provide music for events at Leeds Castle in Kent, a rather upmarket gig, so it happens. The phenomena he experienced at the castle could fill a podcast on their own, So I've decided to just give you a small taste of what went on there. There was always two of them at the events, the two Davids, my brother and his then brother-in-law, and they both witnessed the series of odd events that took place there. David recalls a strange sensation of there always being something else in the room with you, a presence in the background, The feeling of being watched or having someone or something standing next to you or just behind you. You could often feel a cold blast go past you as well. The weird stuff occurred when they were setting up or taking down their mobile disco. They were setting up at an event close to Christmas. In front of them the tables were all laid out waiting for the guests to arrive. David looks up and watches as a cracker gently falls to the ground. Okay, it's nothing spectacular. But then another follows suit, and another. It was as if someone was going along and just throwing them on the floor. He thought perhaps there was a draft. That would explain the crackers falling off the table. But then, the teaspoons began to drop onto the floor as well. It creeped the hell out of both of them. The candles would also be blowing out, again it could be down to a draught but the candles were inside a glass tube and it's a lot harder to blow those out. One night they were packing up. The room they were in had long curtains hanging down at intervals along the walls. One of the curtains billowed out to around 30 degrees or so then gently sank back down. It looked like someone had been hiding behind the curtain and then came out. David said they both went to look thinking there must be a window behind the curtain. Putting back the curtain, there was no window to be seen. Just the plain wall. Again, it could have just been a draft, but just one curtain with no window. David said, the activity felt like naughty children playing games, throwing things on the floor, hiding behind the curtains and rushing past you. With the gear all packed up, they began their journey home. As they crossed the darkened castle grounds, something ran out in front of the car. David had to slam on the brakes to miss a darting figure. David said, it appeared to be a small girl, wearing what appeared to be a long white nightdress. This tiny figure just disappeared. Both the Davids really shaken up by this occurrence got out of there as quickly as they could. On mentioning his strange encounters when back at the castle again he was told a story about a young girl who fell into the moat and drowned Coincidence? You decide. Okay, it's finally time for me to tell you my two stories. The first one goes back to the early 1980s too, a cold Saturday afternoon in November. It's dark as we get off the train at Brundle station. We had spent the afternoon watching Norwich City. I can't remember if they won or lost the game but I do remember what happens next. Walking up Station Road with my friend Steve, it's getting dark, but the road is lit by streetlights. Ahead of us is a girl. She seems to be dressed in a white blouse and dark skirt, no coat, which is a bit strange. It's probably why I noticed her as it was a chilly afternoon. We followed her up the road, the junction with Station New Road, where she turned into this road. We were close behind her, maybe about 15 feet away. I looked up and she was gone. Just like that, gone. I said to Steve, where did that girl go? We looked into the side of the road. It was a tangle of undergrowth. No way could she have gone through there. Feeling a little spooked, we made our way quickly down that road and back home. That evening, we went to our local pub. We happened to mention the strange disappearing girl. One of the regulars then told us a tale about a young girl back in the early 70s who was run down by a hit-and-run driver and left for dead. Her body was found in the undergrowth at the corner of Station New Road. I've tried to find out if this story was true, but no luck. So it could be a local just winding up two gullible lads. My second tale takes me to my early ghost hunting career with a group called Great Yarmouth Paranormal Investigators. We've been invited over to a young lady's house to help investigate with a creepy spirit that was annoying her boyfriend. This spirit appeared not to like him very much. Um, He'd felt like it tried to push him down the stairs. He'd also heard it whisper get out into his ear and he could sense this horrible atmosphere all the time. So we rock up with all our kit and decide let's see if we can get this spirit to respond. There's five of us there that night. Four girls and me. Being the only bloke, the girls decide that it might be a good idea if they use me as bait to try and get this thing to respond. So, I venture upstairs with a young lady whose house it was and we sit on the bed together, thinking that if we're there, perhaps we can get this spirit to do something. I'd given her a K2 meter and I said, well, just hold this in your hand and watch it and see if the lights flash. I said to the young lady, have you tried talking to this thing? And she said, well, oh, no, I dare. And I said, "We'll try talking to it. Because, yeah, if we talk to it, you might be able to get it to respond. So she starts saying, what's your name? Why are you here? Lots of questions that are quite hard to answer. But the K2's going nuts in her hand. So she then says to me, I feel awfully cold. My hands are absolutely freezing. So I've got a thermometer thing with a probe on the end of it that you can actually sort of it it's the edge to see the temperature's change. So I hold it to one side to see what the temperature is. Then I lean towards the young lady to get the temperature where her hands are. As I reach towards her, I feel this strange sensation. And then all of a sudden, I feel like somebody has slapped an ice pack onto the side of my face. It is freezing cold. So shocked, I actually fell off the bed. (laughs) Literally crawled down the stairs. Absolutely terrified, leaving this poor girl on the bed on her own. I honestly don't know what it was, but it felt like something smacking my face. And it only happened when I leant towards the young lady. So could I have provoked the spirit that didn't like her boyfriend? The weird thing is, when I did the research on the property, I found out that it had belonged to a family where the mother and father had died and had left the oldest son to look after his four sisters. So, was this the protective spirit, looking after the young lady like he looked after his own sisters in life? Weird, really weird, but that's why I do this, because I just love weird. So they have it, everyone, a curious mixture of family ghosts, full body apparitions, a possible time slip, the restless spirit of a young maid and the mischievous child ghost playing tricks. What a mixture and all from my family. I would never have guessed I would have got this response by asking them but was surprised to hear the stories that they had to tell. And then again, there's my own two stories that I said as well, both of them completely honest, Both of them happened to me, which is why the first one especially is why I got interested in the paranormal so much because I cannot to this day explain where that girl went but she was solid and she was there and uh, curious, really, really curious. So why don't you go and ask your own families if they've got a few tales to tell, who knows? They may have some spooky secrets, too. Until next time, sleep well. Don't have any nightmares. Goodbye.